Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Um, in a new uh, house and new studio, so getting used to that. Um, but life is good. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I just got back from a trip. I took a couple weeks out with the family. Uh, we went to Costa Rica. It was super. It was nice. it was a really good time. It was a, it was a lot of fun. So nice. That's awesome. Well, we shouldn't uh, shouldn't keep our guest waiting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, we have a guest today um, here to welcome Luca from uh, Customerly, a all-in-one customer service software. Um, I don't, and I know it. It's interesting because you provide a lot of different services, like live chat, email, like the whole gambit. And I think since companies like Intercom and HubSpot, all these ones, it's there's so many ways to hit up on the on the customer service side, but. Um, Luca, is that about right? And any other any other tidbits you want to do to just introduce yourself in general? That that's absolutely absolutely correct, Josh. And thank you so much, both of you, for hosting me, for having me today. Such a pleasure to uh, share my path, my journey to um, the, the pricing release. Um, yeah, absolutely. So at Customerly, we help B two B software as a services mainly to acquire support and satisfy your SaaS customers. So we have a full package that is uh, helping uh, B2B SaaS to engage with uh, with their customers through chats, through email, and gather information via survey as, as well. So that's Great. that's why we actually started, because we were having this need. So we, ne- we needed to create a tool and instead of doing it on on the platform that we were running at the time, we decided to create customer for that reason. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, as you alluded, we in, initially invited you on uh, the podcast because I really wanted to talk about pricing. It's something uh, Nate and I have talked about oftentimes with pricing and packaging. You know, the typical advice out there among founders is like raise prices and we're always kind of like yeah but maybe not all the time or just wait a little bit there's there's a lot of trade-offs to be made and it sounds like you know you've gone through a lot thinking through this i first came across you on twitter talking about your recent pricing change back a few months ago and it was interesting because i think i started asking you a few questions on there and seeing the thought that you put into it that this has been i think a year or a year plus in the making, yeah, which makes yeah. a lot of sense to me because that's how I think about it. But um, before we get into that part, I did want to, I think there's some just general intro questions we could ask you and Nate's going to kind of help get the context set, talk about you, talk about your, ask you a couple of questions about your your starting story and whatnot. So Nate, you want to start off with a few questions? For sure. Yeah. Great to have you on, Luca. Um, so like how... How long has customerly customerly? Ooh, that's a that's a tongue twister. How long has customerly been around for? Uh, we started writing the first line of code in 2015. We released the first beta in 2016, and we set up the business in Ireland in 2017, where we started charging our first customer. Okay, so like five years old. That's like you know, that's like ancient and like software years. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 more six slash seven years now. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. So you say we we started writing the code. Was that like you by yourself or like a team or? Yeah, team. We team up with a couple of friends, um, basically because we were having the same issues with two different sources uh, mm-hmm. we were running at the time. Um, I was running a driver license, a driver license business at the time for mm. Italian, uh, the Italian market. And, um, I was managing my first software as a service for driving schools. And okay. this friend of mine was, um, managing the leading, um, invoicing sales for the Italian market as well. So we, we came up, we were sharing everything, um, between our two businesses, like mm-hmm. uh, sharing every single pain we were having. So we came up with this idea of instead of creating uh, internal tools for managing these things, we decided Mm -hmm. to team up and build with our own forces these external tools that can integrate with any SaaS. So that's that's when we started building customerly. Yeah. So like how how many people is this? Like two or three or like... We started uh, the three of us. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, this, this friend of mine uh, brought in uh, a, a colleague, a university colleague, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, we started uh, that he is the CTO at Customerly right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we started the three of us. That's really cool. And he's still, still there writing code today. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love to. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, like, you guys, you know, you're you're coming up with this idea. Like, do you guys get some funding, hire some people on, or like, how how do you guys kind of get off the ground? Bootstrapped mainly. We never actually launched until years later. Uh, yeah. We discovered the product launch, thing, the the product and uh, thing. <laughs> um, yeah. A friend of ours actually said, "Oh, you should launch over there." I didn't know anything about it. In fact, the first launch was actually tribes. Uh, <laughs> not great results but then uh, we learned and we launched other three four times uh, um the thing is we delivered the first beta to a few friends of ours running businesses uh, yeah. quite good businesses so thanks to the power buy we started getting the first referrals the first mm. word of mouth um and then I don't know how it happened, but we never actually published anything rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, offering the chats on different sites and uh, it spread it um, somehow in Italy. Yeah. um, Where we started, you know, with this couple of friends, entrepreneurial friends that installed the chat on, on their website. And then we were published on books or like market growth marketing mm-hmm. books or, yeah. you know, we were speaking at stages. Um, so that was the initial traction, I would yeah. say. And, you know, we run an LTD from the LTD um, on. We gathered more um, foreign traffic, I would say, like okay. from all over the world. Yeah. What do you mean by LTD? The lifetime deal offer. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. People love lifetime deal offers. Yeah, but we'll never, I never, I'll never redeem it again. Uh. I never. <laughs> it was a nice ride at the time, but I will never do it again. Yeah. So, did you like post that on AppSumo or something like that? 
No, we decided to run with another smaller community because we were thinking that AppSumo was definitely too much for us at that yeah. stage because we weren't able to scale that fast. But actually, yeah. in this tiny community for at the time, right now it's a bit bigger, but um, uh, even there, we got lucky, I would say, uh, for yeah. like a weird story by the end of the campaign preparation basically there was a lot of um hype regarding the customer launch on this ltd community yeah so we managed to get 2000 sales and it was 3 4x um the number of sales that one of my uh friends on upsum on the same period um do hmm. so I was kind of astonished <laughs> by the results. Uh, we managed to get in 65K. Yeah. And then uh, that brought us um, a little bit of cash yeah. uh, to invest in. Uh, we invested in some things like um, uh, PPC initially. Yeah. Um, Just uh, getting more customers in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Marketing stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that was like your first pricing change. It's like your lifetime deal or is that like no 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 we were charging at the time of the lifetime deal uh, yeah, we okay. were charging the lifetime deal was just one operation okay gotcha uh, we switch we changed the pricing three times um okay yeah the the first time was only feature based uh mm. And contact. Uh, the second one, it was um, again feature based uh, and contact, but we managed to readdress the names and uh, organize the persona for yeah. each package. That was the the biggest change in terms of the um, um, the wording, the ICP for each package. Yeah. And that was and, that was your first pricing change, not the recent one. No, no, no. Uh, first, yeah. yeah, gotcha. The recent one is totally different. Totally yeah, we'll get different. to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So the first pricing change, you you kind of changed some of the features around, kind of kept the the dollar values sort of the same. Um, it's hard to remember right now, but uh, the first change was actually more into the positioning of each package. It wasn't regarding mm. the actual prices or the features themselves. It, it was more related to the positioning of each package. And we decided to cluster down the, um, the size of the company that we're using customarily at the time. So yeah. we introduced the enterprise package that was customizable. Um, yeah. 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 I've got your, uh, I went on the web archive and I've looked up your old pricing layout. Oh, wow. I don't so, remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think you're right. Like it, it, it's like you described it. It's very much about like I've got basic here, which looks like kind of a free tier, and then you've got your startup, you know, five team members. Pro's got ten, and then your enterprises, you know, whatever you want, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so like you made a huge pricing change just a little while ago. So like I I don't even really know exactly how to compare these two. Um, like what, what is the, the change in thinking here? Like what's, what is the, like, if someone was to, if you had explained to someone in like, you know, 
two sentences. What's what's the change that you made um, in terms of your pricing? The value perception of the product. Um, yeah. So there are two different kind of feedback that I was getting from either prospects and customers. Um, Prospects switching from other solutions were pissed off by the contact-based um, pricing. Yeah. And at the same time, I was seeing um, our customers either deleting some contacts to avoid to pay more. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, they were kind of pissed off because it, it seemed more a friction to uh, upgrade to an higher plan because mm-hmm. your contact base was growing. Right. Um, so when I started thinking, okay, maybe we need to revise our pricing. Uh, I started like learning everything on Hertz to understand <laughs> what was the best way to uh, accommodate a new pricing. And I was scared as hell to change it. Yeah, I um, uh, And then after... I would say three, four months came up with this idea of um, charging per um, interaction because it's the the thing that people value the most. And, you know, um, like I've been um, carrying out any kind of webinar from Price Intelligently, for example, uh, trying to understand what was the, the right thing to do in terms of pricing and the, the match between value um, that you deliver and price. And, you know, um, it's if it's measurable, the better is measurable, the, the, the value um, on the price, the, the mm. better. Right. So I, I started thinking and started questioning myself what our customers value the most. And in terms of, um, so the, the, the majority of our customers are using the customer support tools and a very small amount of people are using the marketing automation and the service. So everything all together, because since we grew organically, not, not all of them are B2B SaaS. Our best ICP uh, is using everything. Uh, from marketing automation to uh, to surveys, MPS, everything. So, but both of them were having something in common. Um, they were valuing the most their interactions with their customers. Is actually right. the north star metric. Whenever you are getting interactions, yeah. you stick. You stick with the with the software. Yeah. Um, so how do you value an interaction? That's the next question. So how can you charge per interaction? And that's where I started thinking, um, I need to run down some uh, deep analysis on the usage of our best customers, the smaller customers, and understand their tiers of usage that, are, that they are doing in terms of interactions. So that's where I started thinking, okay, uh, I have something. Um, I know I've got something also because I was trying to pitch to prospects a pricing that was non-existing to just to understand the, yeah. the feeling about it. And the feeling was good, really good. Um, the only 
drawback was you can somehow understand the amount of money you can pay for a solution that is charging you per contact. But prospects get very difficult to understand the pricing they're going to pay in advance if yeah. they don't know what's the what's the the kind of interaction they are going to consume. Yeah. So that for for us was the the main drawback because like the customers with the data it's it's quite easy to understand the the next pricing and for many of them was actually uh cheaper but it okay. was very well aligned and they don't have to delete any more contacts so you can still keep mm-hmm. your history you can keep everything and of course if that customer is reactivated from one of your campaign um then you're you're happy to pay for that interaction because it's actually bringing business to it so i've got plenty of interviews with customers and prospects and both of them were aligned to the same um fact that um most of the business do business with a fraction of their contact base like 10%, 5%. And they were totally pissed off by uh, being charged by contacts. So I felt that was the right decision, but we needed to fix the prospect uh, issue. So how can we communicate uh, the easy way on a pricing page, um, how customers will cost to them whenever they're uh, growing to, I don't know, 500,000 contacts because they've got that kind of metric in their mind. They don't have the interactions because Mm -hmm. they don't know how many interactions they can create. So we built this calculator where you put down your monthly active users and the number of uh, emails you want to send on a monthly basis. And we calculate an estimation of the interactions. Um, And it is very aligned with the value. Um, we fixed that issue with uh, with the calculator, and you will find that calculator on the pricing page and also on the on the upgrade page. Whenever you're getting there for the first time, if you don't have any history of usage at Customerly, you will get the calculator. Otherwise, um, we show you the actual usage. We show you the actual interactions that you used in the past months. So you know exactly what's your um, what's your tier that you need to buy. Um, and oh, you do this on the, on the same page. So if I was a user already logged in and I'm going yeah. to the pricing page, you would actually, using your same calculator, it would show that there? Or is that just another interface inside the app? Uh, the... Pricing page is external to the platform okay. and uh, the the user on the platform sees the upgrade page that is very similar. Ah, uh, I got you. I got uh, you. The estimator is on both, but mm-hmm. on the web page, the estimator is not visible to people that actually have some past uh, history regarding right. the usage. Yeah. Now that, also, that's cool. We created a... Uh, interaction uh, graph like 
AWS, where you can see mm -hmm. the consumption, like the cost explorer of AWS, you can actually see the consumption split by service. So you will know exactly how many interactions are coming from the support side, how many are coming from the marketing automation, how many are coming from the campaigns, how many from the surveys. You will know exactly how you're spending your interactions during the month. Right. Now, that's really cool. I love the way you are pinning that value metric because you're right. When Whether you're a prospect or existing customer, whether you're switching platforms or whatever, you know, most people's heads and they know their contacts, like they know how many yeah. email addresses, they know those interactions. And that's yeah. also how the rest of the market is talking about it, right? Like seats, contacts, all those things, people are very familiar when you're buying customer service software or pretty much any marketing software that has customer interactions. So that was really smart the way you transition it. You're like, I want to get them here, but now how do I create that translation layer? So they get that. That's really where the value is. Cause you're right. People end up super annoyed when only that small percentage they're interacting with. Um, one question I have for you is you mentioned you mostly sell the B2B and your best customers are using like your, your full platform, like the CRM, all other little pieces of your software that tie everything together. Um, did you, did you run into any other, uh, I would say like hurdles in that value metric with different types of customers? Oh, like yeah. where, Absolutely. so yeah, how did you decouple that? Cause one of the things I've been thinking about with our own is we have both B2B and B2C where you have like an e-commerce company that might have hundred thousand contacts, but they're not bringing in nearly the same amount of ACV. That interaction cost is not the same versus a B2B, which might have 500 contacts, but they're all super valuable. So yeah, I'd love to hear how you kind of decoupled some of that. Uh, that's uh, that's absolutely something that we uh, considered. And um, uh, when we ran the analytics, we decided to cluster down, of course, the different um persona and industry and company size. Um, and as you said, mm, the best customers, of course, are B2B SaaS. And uh, we have also e-commerce. We have local shops that are using just the live chat. So, for example, for them, we introduced the essential. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we introduced with this plan change is um, a new plan that is like $9 per month that is enabling the customer to get more features like Canada responses, chat triggers, um, history, and a bit of email marketing service. Um, we wanted to provide more value and try to switch more people from the basic plan to the essential plan. So it's just... Um, um, a wallet opener, I would say, to try out um, a new uh, part of the service you're already using for the chat to push them towards the, the email servicing. Right. But so, the base used to be a free plan, right? So this, you essentially dropped the free plan and now... Uh, I'm still there. The oh, okay. basic it's just not showing. <laughs> No, no, it's 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 on the, uh, the okay. It's scrolling. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. if you're scrolling down, you see also the the basic. Um, um, the basic plan is still there; it's free forever. Um, we added the essential that was a gap in between the basic mm, features and the tariff. 
because a lot of people were like asking for a discount on the startup just to have like candid responses, let's mm -hmm. say. But they were very small businesses. And even if they were like very small business, $29 to me is like cheap for right. the value that we are <laughs> offering. But um, for them was actually um, a lot. So we decided to uh, put down this $9 And it was working and we tried out this strategy before going live to um, by offering a coupon code for the people asking for that kind of pricing. Mm -hmm. And they were converting with a $9 a month for the startup package. And the only thing they were using is actually canon responses. So they, they, they wanted to have like a, a small piece of a feature uh, that for us was like, costing nothing to deliver sure right and uh, we decided to to add the essential for that very reason that's really clever to put the like give people a coupon code so they could like use the more expensive plan that's really neat and testing yeah. it out before you even change it you know changing the, the actual pricing page versus just onesie twosieing them and then also you can look at the data what is the conversion rate and be like okay do we want to push into this further right so exactly yeah yeah Absolutely. And the third big thing that we did uh, in terms of changing the pricing was also the customization of the plans. So before this change, we were offering a fixed solution in terms of either contacts or teammates. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of feedback uh, of um, customers asking, to increase the number of, let's say, teammates on the pro plan because I'm good with the pro plan features instead of, you know, going to the enterprise. Or rather, I want to stick with the startup plan, but I want to have more contacts. Can I do that? So we decided to add another layer of difficulty on the pricing release, but at the same time was <laughs> sharing more... Um, willingness to um, customize the plans. So now you can actually go there and customize your plan in terms of interactions and um, the number of teammates. So you are able to keep your startup plan, but pay for uh, just the difference in terms of interactions and uh, teammates. And of course, if the um, pricing doesn't, makes sense anymore. Let's say you are selecting 20,000 interactions on the startup plan and it's very close to the pro. Of course, you will go to the pro plan because it's like you're having more features on the plan. So there is no sense of like keeping the startup when you grow that much. But if you're good to go with the pro or the startup, you can customize them without switching to the enterprise, for example. So that was another big, big change. And right now we're seeing customers uh, downgrading for like bigger plans that is like, shit, this is scary. Mm -hmm. Like people are, <laughs> yeah. are, are uh, downgrading, but they're customizing the plan. So that, that again is a better alignment between the value and the price that we share. Um, and the idea is, okay, now we're, making a good transition where people can actually downgrade to a lower plan 
But at the same time, we know that they will use more the the emailing system just because it's aligned to their value. So they mm-hmm. will bring in more contacts and they will send more newsletter or use more automation parts because now they are not limited anymore from the contacts. Before they were like, okay, I cannot import my contact list because I'm using, let's say, active campaigns. And if I import the contacts over here to run uh, Ah. campaigns, that is going to cost me um, a lot more. I can get rid of active campaign or whatever and bring my contacts in. But then the cost of the whole thing, like, still was was cheaper, but for mm-hmm. them was like a a huge barrier to to enter. So this is like another good thing because they can keep the contacts on one place and uh, and start using the the marketing uh, messages more often. Now it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like uh, we've been through that before too, where it used to be every every package basically forced you to oh you want more programs you want more of this you just have to move up and you may the customer may end up getting they don't all upgrade for the same reasons but now you allow them to for the main ones to as you mentioned as i see it like completing more area under the curve of them getting value instead of uh them jumping up and getting oh i got now a salesforce integration but i don't care about salesforce i just wanted you know, the more programs and you get a lot of people with these weird like scenarios. And, and I love the idea that you brought, I didn't even think about that, especially for your product as you want them to expand and use more features. And it's all based around the contacts. If you get them, you know, that your North stars, Hey, get them more contacts. They'll use more features. And then once they're in there, it just becomes stickier and stickier for you, uh, for them as well. Like they get a single platform to use all these features and now they're they become your you become more of like their system of record for these types of mm-hmm. things, which are all great yeah. for SaaS businesses. So Yeah. That's true. That's true. Cool. Did you do any grandfather pricing as well? Or does your it seems like your pricing probably transitioned pretty well into the old one. It wasn't like a big jump uh, or oh, you got something to say on that. <laughs> look, um I don't know, but when we launched it was definitely too smooth. Like we were for a year, but then after a year, the launch was actually very smooth. Um, nobody was actually complaining. Uh, we were, we launched on the 18th of May mm-hmm. and we gave them one month of grace period uh, to decide whichever plan they wanted to switch to. But that was it. Um, when oh, so we that just not... passed too, only a couple of weeks ago. Say again? That just passed. The grace period just passed as of like exactly, a few weeks ago. Exactly. And, you know, we, <laughs> we didn't start switching the plants yet. Sure, so we're starting sure. like right now. But um, we saw like 60% of the people switching uh, to mm-hmm. the plants on their their own so i guess it's a okay. good sign um and also i'm getting feedback from prospects saying the same thing like um two days ago i received this um this uh chat message um on the sales channel saying look if you have this kind of pricing 
seems like very cool. And uh, this is going to steal 90% of the intercom customers. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that, that's good. That's Let's good. But that makes that makes sense though, because like you're offering a more specific price to the person, right? And so it's more customizable, and so it would make sense that that's generally going to be cheaper for people or the same, and so probably they would prefer that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the interactions in general seem pretty generous. So I know I asked about the B two B versus B two C, and it seems like kind of the way I thought about it, it looks like you took a similar approach. Is like if I take it on the lower side, I can get. Both. I can still optimize for for businesses using more features and upgrading in other ways. But overall, I can. I don't want to be so expensive, and I'm getting so much. You know, the people that are getting a lot of value, I'm also extracting a lot of value from the B two B. But if I move it down, it's still palatable for B two C. And then, yeah. like you said, you created that essential plan, which I think also gave you a nice window into those early people that are still willing to pay you something, but. $29 may make or break their margins or at least make it for them as a new entrepreneur. So, you know, shockingly cost prohibitive or just change the value metric to where you're like, eh, I don't know, is it really worth it? And they're waffling about it or mm-hmm. it may affect your word of mouth or it may affect like, they're always kind of feeling like they're being taken advantage of, even though you're still providing a great value. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, have you thought about, or I, I didn't know if you have this built in, it's not clear from the pages, but how do you think about overages? Like if someone goes over interactions and things like that, what what happens in those scenarios? Okay, that's another good uh, question. And it was brought from uh, actually a couple of customers of ours. Um, they ask, you know, there was a back and forth when we had a customer hitting their limits in terms of, either the pro or the enterprise, it was a back and forth because it was like a um, direct um, agreement between the two of us because it was tailored on on it. Um, And so this couple of customers, this enterprise customer said, look, um, since the rate of growth and the value you're providing is aligned, and since the interactions that I'm going to use right now, you can prepay the interactions or pay on demand. So the pricing works that you have some allowances of your uh, on your plan. For example, the pro plan has got 20,000 interactions that is included in the plan. If you know that, let's say... Uh, Black Friday, you're launching a campaign on 60,000 people. You will need at least 60,000 interactions. You get there, you prepay your interactions, and you have like 20% discount on the unit price. Mm -hmm. If you go above that limit, we will not stop providing you service because that was what was happening at the time where you... When you hit the limit, you got stopped. All the workflows, surveys, NPS was stopping. Um, so they're still running and we'll charge them at the end of the month. So if, let's say, you used a thousand more interactions, you will pay four or five euros. It depends on the, also on the uh, 
then they include an interactions you're prepaying. So if you're an enterprise, you're going to pay the units like cheaps. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're uh, smaller, if you go above your your uh, limits, it's still cheaps. It's like 0.0049 per unit. Uh, that is still cheaper. This is another thing that we had to do. We need to compare ourselves against our competitors in terms of mailing. And of course, we um, we went to uh, MailChimp or like, um, uh, what was it? I don't remember. Like a couple of other uh, so competitive like convert kit, mail. whatever, or uh, yeah, active campaign, right? Exactly. And we decided to um, see if we were competitive uh, against their pricing per unit percent, mm-hmm. and we are. So uh, that's another thing that we had to do. An interaction is um, is also an email sent. So um, we needed to compare against that because that's the value they are going to also uh, compare your product to. So interesting. Cool. So did those, those prepaid credits, those are like, let's say I'm an enterprise, I buy annual credits and then those are just like get depleted over the course of that plan term. So they would roll over on a month to month basis if I don't use those or that type of thing. And then you still have your monthly quotas. Is that right for the plan they signed up with? So whatever you choose, if you go yearly or monthly, you will have your monthly allowance. That is Mm -hmm. like you pay, let's say the, the basic enterprise plan is going to be 50,000 interactions included. Mm -hmm. Every month you will get 50 more interactions. Right. Um, if you don't consume the previous month, uh, the, like it's included in the plan, you, you right. will not uh, that doesn't have... reset. But that's the other one is only for overflow. Is that make right? No, no, it resets every month. So oh, okay. every okay. new month we get fifty thousand yes. interactions. Okay. Got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the there is no balance that is moving forward. Every month you got fifty thousand interactions, mm-hmm. and the cool thing is um, the. The pricing, let's say, again, November, you want to launch your uh, Black Friday uh, deal and you need more power. You can actually go there, prepay um, 60 grand um, Mm -hmm. interactions. And then the next month you can, you know, downgrade back to the the basic and it's fine and it's working. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're using that same mechanic for both. That makes sense. Um, I've just seen other ones do having like your base one plus like paying for overages, but it looks like you've kind of put them together, which makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of that, I know it's a lot of complexity of those things. Do you, do you use, uh, what do you, what's your backend for like billing? Is it just Stripe or is this like, are you managing a lot of these things yourself? I know there's a lot of different solutions, charge B recurrently, all kinds of different so ones, but that's another, that's actually the most <laughs> challenging thing that made us, um, delay the launch for months because we were using Chargeify now Maxio for mm-hmm. handling the subscription. And of course, underneath Chargeify, there is Stripe that is mm-hmm. only charging. So we're not using the Stripe subscription management system. It's more for right. uh, it's, it's a payment processor. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
And on top of that, we were having um, Chargeify, but then um, our backend developer, Johnny, decided to get rid of it because it was more complex with this kind of pricing, was more complex to adapt to their mm-hmm. um, solution and, that, and data points rather than building it on our own. So we were building uh, a framework on top of the Chargeify just to manage this kind of pricing that is very Mm -hmm. complex to handle. Mm -hmm. So we decided to get rid of it. And Johnny made an amazing work in terms of, um, you know, you don't want to mess up with your <laughs> with your charging <laughs> yeah manager that's, that's and, your lifeblood uh, <laughs> yeah exactly so in the end you managed to make an amazing job and um took us a lot more because of that but it that decision came months later uh if we could decide at the time at the very beginning to get rid of chargeify at the very beginning, it was actually faster to go down that path. Right. We lost months to just find a solution to make the new pricing works on their framework. Wow. Okay. Wow. So this was quite a leap. You went, you did a, <laughs> you added a unit-based uh, thing with the interactions, kind of changed the whole value metric and perception of how customers see and, and price their plans. You've added separate, I think they're called like add-ons, right? Like in different directions in terms of like adding more teammates and other other directions people could go other than just the one, two, three upgrade path. Um, you've changed out your billing. <laughs> All of this in one, I mean, this is a, like Wait, you said, I, uh, this was quite, you got that more. Was not it. That, that okay. was not it because we actually changed <laughs> also the free trial. Oh yeah. So okay. instead of... <laughs> So, so when you started, when you created a new account before the switch, mm-hmm. the account that you created was a basic account. So everything mm-hmm. was limited within the platform. Right. And the people were like kind of fearing to push the upgrade button, the free trial button within the platform. So we decided to do the reverse trial. Mm-hmm. So right now, whenever you're signing up, you got the pro plan and then if you want at the very end you can actually downgrade to the basic sure. if you want or change the plan but you're free to try everything without any blocking so that was another change and of course all the magic right now are fucked up because we need to <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the three like the 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 final parts it's right. completely just different, different. yeah it's all changed all your numbers <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's, that's quite an undertaking. Um, definitely. So I guess uh, kind of wrapping up a little bit, um, but what would you do differently? And what were your, what other major insights did you have on on this? Aside from the charge B one, you already mentioned that you probably would have, if, or not charge B, uh, chargeify, you, knowing what you know now, you probably would have just not, you just started the path of building your own parts of that instead. But <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I would have started before to create this kind of pricing, but of course, you learn by sure. doing. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's nothing that you cannot do. Um, I mean, rather than deciding 
the technology to use. Now I got very few feedback on what I would do differently. Right. As, okay. as for now, I got really good feedback. So uh, I don't know. Like I, I, right now, I'm quite happy with the execution and uh, the feedback. I'll tell you in one year. <laughs> because we will see that change in one year. Yeah, definitely. But all the signals seem good. I mean, like you talked about, I love the way you have continued to talk about like testing on the front with prospects. Like, so you, and I see it this way is like, you know what's coming when you see prospects interact with it, right? Like you've already dealt at this point, you know, uh, two months in and a few weeks after your, you know, soft deadline of like switching to other plans. And and the re- the reality is that you can decide, eh, I'm not going to switch this guy. I'll just leave this one. I'll switch these. You can, you can behind the scenes kind of decide and customers aren't going to know and they won't care, like, to be honest. But um it seems like, yeah, it seems like at this point, you probably would have known if it was going to be bad. You probably would know it like pretty soon within this time period. So it seems like a good time to have this podcast, to have this settling period between you're getting great prospect feedback, you're hearing stuff about switching from intercom, switching some bigger ones, people, you know, like yeah, you were saying, absolutely. starting to upgrade in different paths that you were hoping they would go towards, like adding more contacts. So one of the things that actually was astonished about, like we we are getting a lot of people switching from intercom even before the pricing changed. But mm-hmm. um one thing that I was astonished by was like this enterprise switched and paid the full year in advance, like right. two weeks after the first call. No questions asked. So, right. But I guess the price, and I published that with um, mm-hmm. regarding the, the annual um, uh, switch. And it was like, okay, maybe the value is very well aligned with, uh, mm-hmm. with, with the price. So, Again, it's too early to say. Um, definitely, we can have another podcast in one year. Sure, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, we can definitely. Event. But so. overall, I'm very satisfied about it. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for coming on today, Luca, and sharing your story. It was really something you don't really get to hear very often, and uh, especially transitioning this many years—five, six, seven years out from the start—and hearing about these types of details, especially while it's fresh in your mind. It's like you're saying, it's hard to remember the ones for the first pricing change, but um, just the amount you put into this, I can't imagine your nerves on pushing like, you know, deploy to production that day and just like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen <laughs> type of thing. Um, we were, but, we were actually, I don't know, kind of worried that everything, everything was fine. <laughs> right. Because, you're like, yeah, it's yeah, too quiet. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, Definitely quiet. What was happening? I don't know. But yeah, it was a successful lunch. It was definitely successful. We'll awesome. see. We'll see. Awesome. That's well, awesome. Thanks again. And yeah, we'll maybe talk to you in another year and see. Maybe you've done another pricing change. Probably not, but we'll see. But I uh, would love to hear more about the results uh, and whatnot. But yep. Thank you for coming on. To. Thank you both of you for having me. Yeah. Right, see ya. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter. I'm at Nate Bosher and Josh is at JLogic. If you're a new listener, uh, check out some of our most popular episodes. Episode 52, 7 Years to 22 MRR and Zombie Startups. Or episode 30, Review Sites Are a Necessary Evil and Hacks to Get Around Them. Thanks again.